the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. We come to the great feast of the elevation of the cross. The elevation of the cross of our Lord Jesus, the God-man. And through this cross that has been lifted up in our midst, even the very portion, a splinter of the cross itself stands in our midst. And it's by that instrument that our Lord used that He overturns all of the highest aspirations of humanity, of how we think we are going to be, get to the height, to get to the glory that our God desires for us to have. So the key verse, the verse that I want to focus on actually comes from the epistle this evening. And it's this, that the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. St. Paul says many things to the Corinthians, but what he says here, he is drawing the tightest tension that he possibly can for his hearers, for us. We often think that we can obtain wisdom or glory or power without a cross, without the cross of our Lord. But our Lord in his love is showing the impossibility of this thought. It's not a, there's no gain without pain. There, it's not a wartime suffering to gain control or to gain power. These are the ways of the world that the cross is standing in the midst of and saying this is not the way. This is not how we can get and aspire to the greatest. Rather, it's the law of divine love that was ordained from the beginning. That divine love that has the living flesh of God Himself offered up as a sacrifice, as an oblation of taking the fallen humanity that He made His own and took it to the cross and shed His blood, becoming lifeless. And this, this is the very means of the glory of humanity. St. Paul is drawing the strongest tension possible between glory and humility, between the suffering of the cross and identifying that suffering of the cross of our Lord as the actual glory of humanity. This is the only means, it's through the cross, that true humanity is, is presented to us and given to us and won for us. It's the highest aspiration of humanity. We find it there on the cross. In the one who is there depicted on the cross in our midst. The image of sacrificial love offered on behalf of all and for all. So St. Paul, in drawing this, this tension for us, he has this very hard saying for all of us hearers, that it is a stumbling block and also folly to the wise, to the Gentiles, and a stumbling block to the Jews. But this doesn't just apply to Jews and Gentiles of that era. It is for us. It's a stumbling block to the Jews because so often we are like the Jews of that era, that we think 
that a kind of Messiah and a king can bring us political liberation or a, some sort of worldly gain. So this is what the Jews thought that the Messiah would give to them. But when our Lord came and when he was lifted up on the cross in his glory, what did he free them from? It wasn't a political uh, oppressor of Rome. He freed them from their own sins through the means of this outward humiliation, death, and burial. That became the means of freedom, of true freedom. And he says that it's also folly for the wise of the Gentiles because they also sought glory. And they thought that the only way that glory could come to humanity was not through suffering, but through great pleasure and finding the good things of life, and that that was the glory, to be on top of it all. But then the cross stands in the midst of us who are like the Jews and like the Gentiles, that an instrument of torture becomes the identification with the Divine One who was crucified. Father George Florovsky has this beautiful, almost a homily, though I know it's not a homily, on this very verse, on this very idea that St. Paul brings to us, the stumbling block of the cross. And he has this to say, so let's listen to this wonderful theologian of our modern age and of blessed memory. He says, moreover, his death, our Lord's death, was in no sense an accident. It was predestined in God's design of salvation. He had to die. He suffered and died, not because he could not escape it, but because he chose to do so. He had the authority to lay down his life, as it says in the Gospel of John. He chose so, not merely in the sense that he permitted the rage of sin and unrighteousness to be vented upon himself. He not only permitted it, but he willed it. He had to die according to the law of divine wisdom and love. In no way was the crucifixion a kind of passive suicide or a simple murder. It was a sacrifice and it was an oblation. It was not so much a necessity of this world. Rather, it was a constraint of divine love. And he closes this little portion with this great sentence. The mystery of the cross begins in eternity. Because the cross here is the demonstration of the divine love of mankind that our Lord had from the very beginning. That he knew that no matter what, he would pour his life in for us, his creatures. So the cross is not just something of this world that is an emblem just of our salvation, but it is an emblem. And whenever we sign ourselves with the sign of the cross, it is a giving of the divine love and the power of God imparted to the Christian. So the cross is the means, the symbol, and the representative of not just these things, but of the one who gave them and offers that sacrifice of himself for us, Christ the high priest. It is through the cross that the power of God is deeply given to us. And so today in the elevation of the cross, we venerate that. 
we enter into that theological mystery that is the cross. That it is both an instrument of torture, an instrument of execution. But our Lord is saying it is not just that. It is His power demonstrated to us in sacrificial love offered to His Father in heaven of His own flesh, His own humanity, His own blood given for the washing of our sins. Because of the love that He had, the love of the Holy Trinity, that is what was necessary for us. It is seen as the means of this sacrificial offering by and of the high priest himself as an act of love. It's not only an offering up on the cross, but it is the cross that shows us the meaning of the resurrection and the importance of the ascension. These things are all tied together for us. And today we get to contemplate it yet again. The church gives us at least three opportunities, maybe four, given Holy Week as well, to contemplate this. We recognize the power of the resurrection and we appreciate the, the great thing of the ascension that a human being who is both God and man sits next to the Father in heaven in the ascension. Who is that? We know who that is because he is the crucified one. It is the crucified one who is continually presented to God in heaven as that living sacrifice on our behalf. And only is it by the crucified one that we see the joy of the resurrection and the power of the resurrection and the gifts of the ascension that are given to us. All three tied together in this elevation of the cross. We bow down and worship before the cross, because it's the crucified one who is the Lamb of God, who is imparting his great gifts to us. So every time we see the cross, every time we make the sign of the cross, we are connecting ourselves and glorifying that very one, the crucified one who gives us all of those things from an act of his divine love. This is why the feast is so precious to us and why we sing that hymn and worship in this way. Because the cross is so identified with Jesus Christ himself that when we see the cross, we immediately see the God-man himself and all that he gives us. It's by that instrument. And by that instrument alone as the symbol of all Christi Christianity and of us as Orthodox Christians who sign ourselves nearly constantly that we are given all of God's great power. So for us, we enter into that folly because it is the wisdom of God, but it is folly to the world. We see the cross, and it's not a stumbling block for us because we know that the things of this world are passing, but the things of eternity, that is where God's power arises. And so for us, it is the footstool of God and not the great stumbling block because it is there that we venerate our Lord's feet, and receive the great gifts that he has given us by the power of the cross and his resurrection and his sitting at the right hand of the Father. Amen.